today As she slips in Trying to fade into the faces The girls teasing laughter is carrying Farther than they know Farther than they know But if we are the body I think Jack picked that song because we're doing more Casting Crowns for you in a minute. Any Casting Crown fans out there? All right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, the one thing, the one thing we do up here, you know, we, we, you know we, we play contemporary music, you know, but, you know, God doesn't care about the songs we play or how we play them. He cares about why we play them and why we sing them, you know. Just like he cares about, he doesn't care you're here. 
He cares why you're here. You know, you're meeting God's expectation, not your expectation. All right, let's stand up and let's do a little praise and worship. You guys ready to rock it out? Hello. Hello, anyone here? Here we go. Hey, you know, we're going to start differently today because last, oh, yeah. last week we're just, uh, it seems like we're a little bit out there. So I want you to start, and I don't know if you've ever done this before. But I know, I know there's still some cars coming in and stuff. But I want you to start with a big yell. All right? I want you to yell to the top of your lungs. I know these. I know some of the kids can do it. Right. But I'll I want to see if the big a, kids can do it. You ready? I'll, I'll give you a D chord. All right. Here you go. That's your key. One, two, three. Oh, that's lame. One, two, three. All right. Now you're a little bit awake. Hey, when Je- we're going to, over the at, not this week, but in the month of August, which is next, we're going to be talking about uh, doing a series based off of Joshua. And, um, when, and we're not going to talk about this section, but when the walls came down, they all gave a great uh, yell. And so there's a lot of walls in our lives, right? There's a lot of walls in our communities, in our country, and in our world. And sometimes we just need to give that yell for Christ, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, there we go. I will love you, Lord, always, not just for things you've done for me. Oh, you 
of Judah, rock of the ages, Alpha Omega, worthy of all praise, more than nations last week. Reach over to the person next to you, grab them right here, and check their pulse. All right? Check their pulse. Are they alive? All right. So you know what? Since they're alive, I want to hit that. I want to hit from that verse and chorus one more time. Right? And Sounds we'll good. end with it. All right. Here we go. Ready? Ready, Wayne? From the what? From the chorus? From the, the verse, <laughs> chorus, twice, and then we're going to end with it. Ready? Gotcha. And I want to hear you. You know it now, Right? 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 
Check their pulse if they don't answer. I'm telling you. We could be the frozen chosen today. Here we go. you to do as you're standing, just greet people around you. Try that again. Good morning. morning. All right, I'm going to wake you up one way or the other. All right, here we go. Good to see people here today. Um, If not, it'd just be us, and we'd look at each other. Um, But it's great, great to be in the house of the Lord and worship, Um, right? Okay. All right, so welcome. If you're visiting with us today, uh, welcome to Haven Community Church, uh, where we just want to be the church that God wants us to be, all right? And, um, And so... If you're here, we're glad you're here. Hopefully you received a card from our greeters as you came in. And if you received that, we'd love for you to fill it out. Give us the feedback from the worship. But we also, if you turn that in back here, um, there will be someone. I know Mike's back there and some others will be back there. Mike, Mike's doing, uh, dressed up in his uh, Hawaiian shirt there, right? Um, and so uh, Mike will, uh, or somebody back there will go ahead. We have a small gift, and we're just glad that you're here. And again, we say this every week. Some people may get tired of hearing it, but I believe it to my core is that it's not a mistake. We believe God brought you here for this, this day. <clears throat> to those who are maybe tuning in for the first time online, welcome. Um, or just maybe you're traveling. Um, we, we ask for God's traveling mercies on you, and we're just glad that you're here with us um, through the wonders of technology. Isn't that amazing? Um, okay, so uh, several different things that I want to uh, touch on today. Um, number one, 
Next week, today's a standalone series, and I'm really excited about it. It's, it's a really good one. Most of the time, I do several different weeks of series. We just came through Eyes Wide Shut. I think it was like five or six weeks of a series, which um, I really enjoyed. But today, I'm just going to, this is a, a one-shot deal, and it's going to be called Rescue. And I'm really excited about it, the message the Lord's laid on my heart today. But I'm, re- I'm even more excited about the next step that we're going to take in August. And... Um, and the next step in August is it's through a book Bible study and uh, written by a guy named Stephen Furtick, who is a pastor in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's based off of this book <clears throat> called Sun Stand Still. And it's, it's a declarative statement. You know, this is not, son, please stand still. It's not a question mark. It's son, stand still. And it's based off of Joshua, where Joshua is in pursuit of people. And he says, son, stand still. And the, the subtitle of this is, what ha- sun stands still. What happens when you dare? How many you dare want to dare? When you dare to ask God for the impossible. Um, anybody need the impossible done in your life? Maybe in a relationship, in a job, in a bank account. Right now on my back, I tweaked it yesterday. So we need God to do the impossible. And if you look in our community, in our world, we need God to do the impossible. And so um, I challenge you. We have signups. The, there, um, we have a clipboard. I know there's one over here. If uh, so, I don't know if Debbie or somebody would pass that around. Um, you can also sign up online. And we, we have like 50, 60 people with different small groups that are going to be doing this. I will be preaching on them for the whole month of August, um, which is a good thing. Maybe God will cause the sun to stand still and we won't have to get to September. We can stay in August for a while. But it's going to be an awesome awesome thing. Um, I, I began rereading the book, and God has given me insights that I haven't seen before, and I'm really, really excited about that. So um, please go ahead. We will begin that next week, so if you're interested. Um, and you can see the other contact information for WD Virgilio is coordinating many of the things. Um, please take a look at those other things. Women of Faith uh, is coming up August 21st and 22nd, and Marsha right here has four tickets available if anybody would like to go. They're very difficult. They usually sell out right away. So if you are a woman, that's a pre, pre-deal, and you got to go ahead. So, so guys, sorry, um, not happening, but it's Women of Faith, and they always have a great time. Uh, and then you have um, the Parish Foundation throughout the summer. They're going to be collecting the different supplies and different things like that. You can see that. The insert we have here for ADA uh, abuse, divorce, addiction, um, family trauma event. Uh, and this will be here on August 13th at, from 6.30 to 7.30. Our Hope Ministry events have been very well attended from people, not only in our church, but from around the community. If you think anybody would want to connect to this, please, by all means, take this, give it to them. Um, and, and let them know, because um, that's what we want to do. We want to reach out into the community. And, um, and then just want to continue to draw your attention to the people in the prayer list. Continue to lift people in your prayers as we go forward, all right? This time we have a, a brief Stephen ministry moment. We've been talking about Stephen ministry, and I just want to sh- uh, share a brief video about Stephen ministry. Life can be very hard. Sometimes people die. There's a lot of uncertainty. Life's not very predictable. If you're, if you're like me, you feel stress often. You don't know what the future holds. You're worried about what people think about you. you. You have grief in your life that you don't really know how to get through. And You know, it can be hard. You need a friend. You need someone to talk to. And I know that when I've gone through lonely periods in my life, uh, times where I'm just kind of by myself, with all my worries, with all my fears, it kind of consumes me, it kind of eats me alive. 
But then there's other times where I've been fortunate enough to have people that kind of come alongside me that I can vent, that I can kind of just spew my junk out and just say, hey, this is what I'm going through. So the Stevens Ministry is a group of people who care. They're trained. They're not pastors. They're not professionals in the sense of being a therapist or a counselor. But they're definitely there to care for people, no matter what your issue is. So if you're having a rough time coping with loss, with grief, with stress, Stephen's ministry is for you. If, if there are things that you're wrestling through, things that are plaguing you, things that are preventing you from getting the kind of sleep that you want to get every night, if you don't have a clear conscience about stuff, Stephen's ministry is for you. All right, so again, if you want to um, connect with some more information, um, you can speak to some of our state ministers, Donna, um, right there, Donna, um, and we also have an email address, um, and Randy and Debbie are Stephen ministers here right now, and there will be a training that will begin, and if you're interested and feel like um, this is something that God is calling you to, please go ahead and speak with them more about that, all right? Um, for prayer requests, and again, we ask that you submit them online, um, I know we had um, one that, uh, that was given to me today. Um, Patty Miller um, asked for uh, prayers for her sister who's in the hospital due to head problems. Is that correct? Heart, heart. heart sorry, yeah. I missed it. Jenny. Oh, Jenny's having problems in, um, with the head, so she went and asked for prayer. And for nep- nephew, is that PJ? PJ. Um, that God will heal him from cancer. Okay, so we got to pray for PJ. I've known PJ since he was born. So we definitely want to lift him in your prayers as well. And... Um, Nancy uh, Buxbys um, asked for prayers for a co-worker who is also dealing with cancer and some other struggles. So we want to lift them up. And if you forgot to fill something out, go ahead and fill it out or go ahead and do that online. For those in, in our church online, fill that out. It'll go right to our prayer coordinator, uh, Debbie uh, and um, Chadwick, and we'll go ahead and we'll lift that up. And uh, I was having some discussions beginning of church that what we really need to do right now in our world is just really pray. God's people come together, really need to embrace more than ever before, where God says, if my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their land. So we need to, to really do that. So at this time, let us just bow our heads and focus on prayer. Lord God, we come to you during this time. Uh, so many needs, so many, uh, so many just... Uh, things that we just need your, your healing hand in our lives. <clears throat> for Jenny and for PJ and for the co-worker of Nancy, for so many others that are unspoken, for my mother-in-law, uh, Judy, who's dealing with some things right now, health-wise, um, and just for a- anybody else who's dealing with something, God, you know the, the request, you know the need, and you also know the answer, and that's in you. And so God just... Uh, Throughout anyone's life, just right now, I just believe that in our, in our minds, there are people that are lifting up names, that they, ah, oh, I should have wrote them down, I should have done this. God, hear those names and just, uh, just minister to their hearts. For those who are watching online, somebody may have stro- just like been flipping around the web and found this um, through a search. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit just reach out to them right now where they are, where they're speaking. For people who are having... Um, who are having, as we mentioned, health issues, for people who have relationship issues, for those who are, are uh, dealing with financial struggles, for those who are just lost and can't find their way, um, God, just, uh, just let them know that you're very present and you are a healing God and that you are there more than ever before to minister your healing nature. And God, for the rest of us who are here, the same prayers go out, but also, God, we, 
we ask during this time where we continue our worship. It's not like we stop worship, but that giving is part of our worship, that we go ahead and we utilize our gifts, the many gifts that you've given to us. God, we are so blessed. We're so blessed to live in the wealthiest country in the world and that you've, you've called us to go ahead and give back, to give back to those through our prayers, our presence, and our gifts, and our service. And so, God, at this time, we give to you of your tithe. That you say, give to, to me the tithe so that my storehouse may be full. And the reason, God, you don't like a storehouse that's full, but what you do, you take that and you utilize that to do the miraculous. And we know that in our community, in our larger world, that, that you have called us as your church, as that first song, as the countdown was, if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? And so, God, let us reach out further by you doing a miraculous thing by multiplying the loaves and the fish here that we'll take, the, the gifts that we are giving here and on, online. Use them to further your kingdom, God, not my kingdom, not Haven's kingdom, but the kingdom of Jesus Christ here and around the world. So many needs. But God, next week we're going to start talking about daring to ask you to do the impossible. And so during this time, God, we're going to ask you to do the impossible, to meet every need here, but meet every need in our community and larger world. So that we'll see addiction go by the wayside, that we'll see cancer end, that we'll see these things. That seems like a pipe dream, but God, nothing is impossible with you. And for that, we give you praise during this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. I will follow you. can't be left behind no one else will do I will take hold of you and I need you Jesus to come to my rescue where else can I go there's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace, and I need you, 
us to come to my rescue where else can i go there's no other name by which i am saved capture me with grace i will follow you I will follow you. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I'm gonna follow you. This world has nothing for me. And I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. Capture me with grace. Capture me with grace, I will follow you, I will follow you. I'd just like for you to just stand right now, I'd like the lights to go down, I just want to do that, that chorus again twice and then just end with an ending once again, just focus on, on rescue. I think we all have areas of our lives where we just need the Lord to rescue us. Here we go. Cause I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. And I need you, Jesus. Come to my rescue Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved Capture me with grace Won't you capture me? Won't you capture me with grace? Come and capture me Lord God, I just ask that during the rest of this time that we just focus on nothing but you. And just, uh, we, we hear the words that you have us to say. We let our hearts heal from brokenness. And God, um, we just ask that you move more mightily than ever before. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated.
Rescue, rescue. We're going to talk uh, about rescue today, and um, and I love doing I love doing sermon series, um, but I also love when God just gives me something and really wants me to share it with you. And um, and I, you know I think He really really uh, hammered on me something that He really wanted me to share this week. Um, has everybody anybody ever been part of a water rescue? Anybody? Okay, several. Um, it's both scary. And adventures, right? Correct. I remember being at the beach one time when I was younger, and um, and there was some friends that were there, and and the waves started to take, suck you out a little bit. And I remember I thought they were they were getting really scared. You see people who are really scared, and they get to be sucked out more. And I remember swimming swimming out and kind of grabbing them and pulling them, and they were just like so thankful. And I thought, oh, that was kind of cool. But you know, one there was one time when I was thinking about this. I was, uh, Melissa and I, we're, um, next year we'll celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary, um, but uh, several years ago in 2011, you can do the math because I'm not a math person, um, but we decided, we got a chance to go out uh, for our anniversary. So we went, and we went, we said, where are we going to go? So we ended up going down, uh, I think, to the Chesapeake um and went down there, but we, at that time in 2011, there was something around the same time called Canal Days, and it was the night before Canal Days. Anybody ever, I'm not going to say been to Canal Days, but anybody been to Canal Days? I'll say it. Um, but, you know, it's, um, it's, it, was, it was adventurous, um, you know, and we got down there. So we went in, and we started to go in to get something to eat, and we got a table right out on the deck there. They had the outdoor bar there, and we're right up against the water. And we were sitting there, and it was packed, packed. And even more so, it was packed even more so in the basin there, uh, the area, because it was what? Canal days. And, uh, and j- if anybody doesn't know what canal days, it's kind of like um, the, the Roman uh, Empire, Caligula time on boats. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. And it's just, it was, it, people were everywhere having a blast, partying. Everything was crazy. And here, this was our quiet anniversary celebration. So we were there. We were having a great time, had a great seat. It was awesome. I even saw a, a teacher who was working there in the summer. And, and we had a, a really good time sitting there. But then as we were sitting and eating and and things, all of a sudden, you, you saw a helicopter over top with a spotlight. Now, that's usually not good, but they were doing that. And keep in mind, the whole deck is packed. The restaurant inside is packed. And all of a sudden, somebody from Chesapeake and goes, we need, ready for this? Speaking of the impossible, we need everybody who is outside to go inside. We need everybody, excuse me, everybody here, go inside. And people went, <laughs> you're right, yeah. And I'm looking in the harbor. There's people, I mean, it was like 10 o'clock at night at that point, and there's people with bikinis and 
you know, whatever the little things are that guys wear, you know, mankinis, I guess. And, and they're there, and they're, they're, everybody's having a good time, and I'm seeing people, they're like, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, it's great, whoa, awesome, awesome. And, and, you know, we were sitting there, and then, of course, there was like these, um, Melissa and I were there, and they, they, they were kind of trying to shove people away, and we had like a table four, and there was these uh, college girls there, and I said, they were looking, and they're like, what are we going to do? I said, sit down, and they sat down, and I said, my, couldn't this happen to me like 30 years ago, you know, whatever, something like that, but, you know, I was going through this, and it was just fun, fun, everybody's having fun, and, and so finally, I, I, I talked to somebody, and I was kind of like, what, you know, what's going on, and what ended up happening, uh, many of you might remember this, in 2011, a 27-year-old man from Bear, um, was in the mooring basin right there, and um, he was jumping from, the do- from his boat, the, or the docking vessel, um, to the pier, and went under, and never came back up, and he, and he died, and actually he was un- underneath the pier, and people are here, and you know, when I, I was thinking about this, now that's not a happy story to share, by all means, but as I was thinking about this, I, I looked up the old article, because I remember it like, it was yesterday, because here's all this stuff going around, everybody's, woo, you know, the, the bikinis, the mankinis, they're all doing this on the boats, and yet someone is drowning, right there next to where I'm sitting with a beautiful woman and two very pretty girls from college, too, and, and everybody else is running around, woo, yeah, right here, right not a hundred feet from me. Somebody drowns. But everybody is oblivious to it. Oblivious, there we go, to it. And I was like, what happened? I looked up this, old, this article just to refresh myself. And it said, two people jumped from the vessel into the water but could not locate the man. And he did that around um, 825. And his body was found at 1015. Um, and then... As I was reading this, it says the basin located off the CND Canal is a popular docking spot for ba- uh, during the Canal Day. The annual event draws boats from down the East Coast as far as Boston. And it's a con- then this one verse, this one r- writing in the script in this scripture, I started to say scripture in this article, stood out to me because I was there and it said Canal Day continued as scheduled on Saturday. And I looked at this and I started thinking, I was there at a point, not knowing what's going on, having a good time, celebrating my anniversary with my wife and two complete strangers, um, part of that, and everybody else is having a good time, yet someone is dying and loses their life right there. And it started me to think about some of this, that this is the problem with so many churches and Christians in our world today, that we have kind of a marina or basin mentality. That we're just kind of like, woo, yay, life's good. Oh, yeah, got my church, got my God, got this, I got it good for me. And meanwhile, all around us, people are drowning. They're drowning on, in, their, in their lives and all around, and we, we see them. They're in, in an eye shot of us, an ear shot of us, and yet we're just chilling out. The marina mentality is simply this in our United States Christian culture. And, it, and it, what scares me is it happens almost immediately after we come to Christ. We come to Christ and we're excited, and then we start to be like, oh, yeah, I got this thing down. You know, I can, I can uh, kick back on my boat here, my, my spiritual boat that's cruising, me and Jesus, cruising along on the water. Shh, shh, yeah, we got it, Jesus. You know, where are we going, God? Okay, we got this. And meanwhile, we're running over people that are barely surviving. 
We relax and we anchor our boats where we're secure. And yet we forget about all those around us who are drowning. My mind had to go back to that last scene from the movie Titanic. You know, um, which, have I shared with you my disdain for that last scene? Would you like to hear it? This isn't on my notes. How many have seen the movie Titanic? Do you remember what she promised Jack? That she would not, never let go. The first boat that comes by, what's she do? She lets go. He should have thrown her butt off that door. Just saying. All right, sorry. I'm done. I'm back now. Okay. So anyway, but that's my problem with the end of Titanic. She goes, Jack, I'll never let go. And the first boat, ding. There she goes. Liar. Uh, All right. So anyway, shows her character. Um, But what I wanted to do is, what, what I wanted to really look at and focus on is the fact that our God is about the rescue. Our God is about the rescue. Do you hear me? Our God is about the rescue. And the Bible is about the rescue. It's a a complete book, a collection of God's word about the rescue. So guess what? As Christians and as Haven Church, guess what we got to be about? What? The rescue, exactly. It's got to be about the rescue. And so there's some several things that are cool about the rescue. I'm going to put this over here, Wayne, because I can't bend over today. Here we go. But anybody ever seen these? What is this? It's a life ring, or a, you know, and it's a good thing. It's, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Because when we look at something that I find out in life that, and this is the first thing on your sheet, and hopefully you can fill this in, the radically rescued rescue how? Radically. The radically rescued ra- rescue readily. Radically. I'm trying to say that five times real fast. Tongue twister. The radically rescued rescue Radically, there we go. Good, give me a hand. There we go. All right. Your cheap applause. Um, here we go. So if I've been rescued, I want to rescue others. Correct? And so we're going to talk about this ring. Let's look at what Jesus said here. So what did Jesus say? So remember last week, we, for those of you who were with us, we talked about how Jesus was getting ready to ascend to heaven and the last things that somebody say to you are important. And here's what Jesus said. He says, Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Some versions say, And I give it to you. Theref- in my name. Therefore, what does it say? Go, and we're going to come back to that word, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he went, whoop. That was what he wanted to say. So now let's look at this word, go. Let's look at this word, go. This word, go, actually is in the Bible 146 times, this direct version. And it actually means, as you are going. It doesn't mean just go. It means, as you are going. Because when I say, go, if I say to my, my, I'll just pick my, one of my kids and I'll say, hey, um, when, uh, go to the shed and get something for me. Now, what usually happens there is they go to the shed when they want to go to the shed. If I say, as you are going to the shed, bring me back something. What am I telling them? Get moving. 
as you are going, as you are traveling, on your way that you're already moving. I, had a, I heard a pastor one time say this, say that Jesus is really saying, get your as in gear. We need to get moving, get going. We need to, as you are going, as you have been rescued, rescue others. Get going. Get, be going. You, you should already be in motion. And you know what's funny about that? That when he ascended into heaven, God had to send two angels to get them off of looking in the sky. When he just said, as you are going, and they're going, huh? When are you coming back? Said two angels said, what are you doing here? Get back like he told you. Get moving. Get going. And I believe that's what God is telling us now. I am your angel today. Get moving. Get moving. And he says, go and make what? Disciples. 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 In the church world, it's become something that we throw around. But I got to tell you, one of my greatest concerns about the church today is, is our mis- uh, instruction about what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner. It is a, it is a student of. They enroll as to become and to grow and to learn, to know everything they can, to connect as well as they can, to be like the one they are following, and to know everything about the one they're following and the ways of doing that. So if we are disciples of Christ, one of the things I love this, it says go and do what to disciples? What? You, I heard it. What? Make. What that tells us is simply this. Disciples are not spontaneously converted. They are made. You are spontaneously rescued from Jesus, but there is a process to become a disciple. And I will guarantee you, if your life is like mine, along that discipleship process, there are some stopping points. There are some bumpy roads. When I went to college, there were some bumpy roads. When I went to college... I was the proud owner of a 1.6 my first semester. Hallelujah. That's not good in case you've never been to school. I raised that up the next semester to a 1.9. Let's hear it for Jack. And I paid a lot of money to do that. The interesting thing is, by the time I graduated from West Virginia University, I was on the dean's list. By the time I went, yeah, hallelujah, miracle of God. By the time I went to, talk about the impossible. We'll talk about that next week. By the time I went to graduate school, I was, at, I was up toward the top once again. Why? Because I had learned, and I had a, here we go, here's the D word, a desire to know everything about what I was studying. I had a desire to take in everything that was being taught to me. I had a desire to, dare I say, live out what I was learning. Thus, as a disciple, we need to start with one word that I believe the church and Christians need to embrace more than ever, and that is desire, a desire to be a disciple. Not a Christian. A Christian is someone who comes and is rescued by God and begins, says, I believe in you, Jesus. I want you to change my life. That is awesome. But if we stay there and if we allow and form our churches and our ministries to let people stay there, we are not doing what Christ has called us to do by going and making disciples of all nations. You with me? Just check it, okay? And so what I believe is, uh, you know, I checked on some, some history of yacht clubs. And yacht clubs are cool. Every once in a while I have this opportunity where somebody in a church is a member of a yacht club and they invite me and I feel so out of place. But it's awesome. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. But I, in doing some of the um, research on yacht clubs, particularly in the Northeast 
of the United States, yacht clubs began as rescue societies. They started in order to go and rescue people who were boating, that were sinking, and they would, they would get together, and they would hang out, and they'd watch, and they'd be in their boats, and if somebody was sinking, boom, they'd go there, they'd rescue them, they'd come back, and they'd have a meal, and they'd get back down and be ready, let's go rescue some more people. And they continue this. But as things happen, the years started going on, Maybe there weren't as many rescues because of technology, I'm not sure. But they began to enjoy the meals a lot more. And they began to go, let's get together. And they began to, well, shall we get together today? But what about the people down there on the boats? I would rather get together. Let's celebrate each other. And this is the kind of stuff that began to happen. Now, I know that not everybody in yacht clubs do that, but what began to happen, there was a conflict within the yacht club movement, so much so that they had a split, that there were some people who said, no, we're good, we enjoy sitting here. And half of them said, and others said, no, I'm going down to the beach, and I'm going to wait, and they became lifeguards and coast guards and other kinds of things like that. Isn't that kind of cool? It's cool, but the other problem is the Yacht Club missed their initial connection and their initial focus. They became self-focused, fat and happy, and enjoyed where they liked it while people were still drowning all around them. I want to share this with you. The church is not a Yacht Club. It is a rescue station. When churches are yacht clubs, we're missing the point of our entire existence. We're missing the point of what Christ called us to do. And we spent way too much time being yacht clubs. So when we look at this, what is a rescue? What is a rescue? Well, let's go back to this. The life ring. The life ring is here. Here is the life ring. When you have a rescue, you have to do what? Fred's drowning. What do I have to do? Throw it to him. Okay, good. There you go, bud. There we go. So it's about the life ring, right? It's got to be made of something that can help you. It's got to be made of something that can, bring, that can hold you up, that can rescue. It is all about the ring, correct? If I threw you a pillow to make you feel comfortable... Comfortable to the bottom of the sea, correct? If I threw money at you and said, you're drowning, here you go. Oh, here, I'll help you, Fred. Here we go. I might have some in here. Here we go. Hey, Fred, go! Save yourself. He could have money, but guess what? Glad I didn't throw out a 10. Um, He's drowning. It's about the ring and what it's made out of and what its purpose is, right? And so if it's about the ring, then the ring is the thing. Don't you like this? It's like Dr. Seuss today. The ring is the thing. And if the ring is the thing, it's cool. The ring is, guess who it is? Jesus. The ring is Jesus. Look, it has no end and no beginning. Deep. Okay, here we go. And it's holy. Good job, Wayne. There we go. All right. So they're just coming out here. All right. Huh? Okay. <laughs> he's, he's full of them. We'll be here all day if we do this. Okay. But what I'm saying is, 
it can do what you need it to do. Rescue you. It can rescue Fred. Money, everything else, I throw out to Fred. He's still drowning. A pillow, he's going to, oh, thank you. But she won't. And it may even weigh him down, some of that stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. It is about this. It is whole and complete, and the church must be about the ring. You say, well, I thought all church is about the ring. Hate to say it, not really. Because we forgot about life-saving, and we got into yacht club mentality, where we like Jesus up here. Let's put Jesus up here. Let's put him up here. Isn't that pretty as decoration? Nice. Or, or you know, we, you know, the ring is what helps us in the rescue, or we, you know, we may get to a point where we say, let's go ahead and let's go play ring toss. Yay, five points for me. I'm super Christian today, right? I've helped somebody who needed something. I said, bless you instead of get out of my way at Walmart. There we go. Woo, yeah, more points for me. Or here I go. I say, I got Jesus right here. Woo, look at him. I got him. See it? Everybody see? Somebody, Fred's drowning. Look, I'm a Christian. It's not doing him any good if that's what we're doing with it, right? And so as we look at this, people are drowning all around us, and yet the ring is the thing that can save them. You see, in our lives, we get caught up in some bad flotation devices, like possessions. If I get more, if I have more, that'll keep me afloat a little bit longer. I'm going to make you seasick. If I had this, if I, if I just had, if my bank account was more, if I just had, right? Or pleasure. If I turn this drowning situation into a water park, woo, right? If I do that, let's pretend it's a wave pool. And we go from high to high, fun to fun, feel good to feel good. And we still drown. Or maybe position, power, prestige. If I have this title, when everybody says to me, oh, hello, dignified, so-and-so, honorable, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that'll, get, that'll reach it to that point. If I have so many initials past my name that are more than my name altogether, then that'll keep me afloat. If I get that salary that's here, then that'll keep me. You see, God tossed the life ring. God tossed the life ring out. And the moment that we take hold of that, we're rescued. The moment we take hold of who Jesus is and we take hold of that, then and only then are we rescued. So we need to go ahead and we are rescued. Why? Because the radically rescued rescue the radically. Look, I even brought some lifesavers for you today. Look at this. We need to do this. We need to throw out. We need to throw them out. Look at this. It's like Gallagher Day, right? Here we go. You guys are like, I'm glad I came to church today. Here, way in the back. Here, for church online. There you go. You guys didn't get any in the back, did you? You want some? Here we go. Ray, back there. Help Ray out. There we go. Look at that. Huh? You fall asleep, I'm going to throw them at you, right? We, 
Yeah, we need to throw the ring. The ring is the thing. We need to throw the ring. We need to throw it out there to people. Why? Because the radically rescued do what? What do they do? Rescue radically. The ring is the thing. The ring is the thing. Say that with me. The ring is the thing. All right, good. The ring is the thing, but let's look at this. Here we go. The ring is the thing. The rope is our hope. <laughs> Told you it's like Dr. Seuss. Right, because right? guess what? Look, I threw out a ton of these. But say this is like that life ring there, and I throw it to Fred. He's floating, but he's at the whim of the waves. He's not going anywhere. The rope is tethered to something. And what is it tethered to? The only institution Jesus ever created, and that is the local church. He said that this is the church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. As long as we don't become yacht clubs. As long as we become life-saving stations. Let's look at what Jesus said or what the scripture says about the local church. You have this in your bulletin. It says this in Galatians 1, verses 3 through 4. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to what? Rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God the Father. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He has rescued us and brought us into the kingdom, right? Isaiah nineteen twenty says, It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord Almighty in the land of Egypt. When they cry out to the Lord because of their oppression, he will send them a what? Savior and defender, and he will? It's about, the, the ring is a thing, but the rope is our hope. The rope is our hope. It's all about the church. It's about the church connected. It's about Jesus and us, and it te- Jesus tethered to the church. Together, wrapped together. Jesus saves through our rescue society, not a yacht club. So I want to ask you a question as we're here right now. We're just looking at this. Who is sinking in your life? Who is drowning? Take a look around you. It may be somebody who actually sat next to you in this church that you haven't seen in a while, and yet you see in their life, and they're, look, 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 look. And you may be here, here, ring us. And we really need to say, hey, The ring is the thing. And the rope is the hope. You need to connect them to the local church. The local rescue society church. Let's look a little bit more here. Ask yourself, are you about the rescue? Or do you just want to lay down and pan? You guys remember those little goggle things? I remember they actually put like lenses in them now. But you guys remember when you People would lay on the beach and they didn't have them. Just shut everything out. Or uh, we just want to sit on it and float around like, me and Jesus on the Jericho Road. There's room for just two, not many more, just Jesus and you. Right? Jesus loves me, this I know. I am floating, not under undertow, or whatever it goes like that. You know what I mean? And we're, we're concerned about this, and we're going to talk about that. The ring is the thing. People are drowning all around us. Number two, here we go. 
Excuse me, number, the fourth one here. Here we go. The ring is what? The rope is? And it's all about the pull so that the boat will be full. There you go. We pull so the boat will be full. We need everybody to pull. We need everybody to pull something. Pull so the house is full, so the boat is full. Why we want the boat? Why do we want the boat full? Because people are drowning. And just like in that movie Titanic, the good part, um, when they're riding around and everybody's drowning and everybody's trying to get in the boat, do you realize that when Titanic sank, that half of the lifeboats were empty? That they could have saved more lives, but you know why they didn't? Because they wanted to save themselves. They were happy about themselves. They didn't want anybody else in the boat because they thought that people would go ahead and attack the boat and it would sink. So many, many more people died. Generations were lost. Oh, did he say that? Generations were lost because people were more self-focused about themselves than they were about saving others. And we are, having, we are seeing results of generations dying and away from God because we've become yacht clubs, not rescue societies. And we're comfortable in our own little dinghies. We need to pull. Pull, that's Jack's job. Right? Yeah. He's, he's got that master's of divinity. Paul, you're right, it is my job. But it's also your job. Because guess what? You know people I don't know. You see people drowning in your life all the, day, all the time that, I'm, that are never going to dawn the door of this church unless you throw them the life ring and you have the rope hooked to this church and pull to help bring them in. It is in our hands, not mine. It's not just Wayne's job. It's not just Fred's job. It's not just Chris's job. It's our job together as the body of Christ. Now, let's recap, because I know you guys are excited about this. The ring is the? The rope is the? Pull, so the boat will be? All right, you guys are good. Now, this is cute little Dr. Seuss stuff, but it's real. And so I'm going to give you another term that I made up, because I can. When we don't want to do something in life, we come up with what we call rationalizations or excuses. I want to share with you some rescualizations. Because if I'm Satan and I'm not, I'm not going to be excited about you rescuing. I want you kicked back in the yacht club while people are drowning. And so I'm going to share with you some of these rescualizations that I have for you today. You good? And we'll, f- we'll finish up there, and then we'll ask God to do the impossible next week. Everybody good? All right. Number one, the sunblock excuse. Anybody use sunblock? Yeah. Remember the days when you didn't use sunblock? Remember the days when there wasn't sunblock? Remember the days when you take iodine and baby oil? And you were like, like a lobster, you know, you're, you're glowing and those kind of things. Or suntan lotion and those things. Nobody ever thought about sunblock. But we live in a point now where we are in a sunblock world where we surround ourselves with those who are like us. I want to block out anybody who's not like me and I want to surround myself with Christians. And we need to be others fo- other focused 
and we know those who are drowning now. One of the things that we find out now in today's world that mature Christians, the longer that we are saved or rescued, um, that mature Christians need to use and sow their resources in the church. So mature Christians, remember the radically saved, rescue, the radi- rad- you got it, okay. The radically rescued, rescue what? Radically. So if I've been rescued by Jesus, and you know one of the things that's really awesome, some of those old songs that um, from years ago, um, rescue the perishing, care for the dying, Jesus is merciful, um, things like that. We have all these kind of things. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. They understood and embraced the fact that they were rescued. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? A wretch. Wretch, wretch, a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You could change that. I once was drowning, but now I'm rescued. All right? And so a mature Christian is saved or rescued and wants to use and sow its resources in the local church and wants to share the good news with others, right? You want to share, right? You want to share the good news with others. You want to share the good news with others. You want to share, don't duck from it, take it. You want to, you want to share. You want to, you want to what? Share the good news. Got you, Thomas, right in your head. See, that's what happens. Look, I woke him up. That's what we need to do. We need to wake up the people. I told you don't fall asleep. Um, there we go. All right, drummers, okay. But we want to put on the sunblock. I don't want anything I don't want. I don't want anything to interfere with who I am. We surround ourselves with people like us, with other Christians, when we need to be others focused. Who are we reaching with church growth? That's number one. Number two is the waiter excuse. Waiters. You guys know what I mean here? You're safe on the beach or in your yacht club, and you don't want to venture into the water past your ankles. You know, you do that, they come to shore and they go, I'm hot. It's so hot out here. And then you do the hip and dip. Ooh, too much. Then you go back to your safety of your blanket, correct? The, the hip and dip, all right? That's what we do. We don't want to risk or leave our comfortable lives. But we're in the rescue business in the church. And we're in the rescue business, and people in the rescue business have to change and they have to act. Christianity, we must be ready to change. And I'll tell you, most churches I've ever been part of and most churches you've been part of have the one curse where you know that it's changing from a rescue society to a yacht club when they say this. We've never done it that way before. Can you imagine the days when the rescue societies said, we have this thing called motorboats. We've never done it that way. Billy is going to lose his rowing job and he's going to be upset. And he has rowed and his family has rowed since 1932. And you will not take him away from that row. And so what we do sometimes, we putter. We have that little... And let Billy think he's still rowing. And other times we let Billy row in when other people are like, 
God's like, I gave you something else to use. Use it. And meanwhile, we rescued one. Yeah, there's 50 billion out there who still need to know and be rescued. But we got to make sure Billy's okay. All right? The waiter excuse. We like our safety. Change and discomfort bring growth. Some of the most conflicting times in my life brought the greatest growth that God ever brought to me. We got to get into deeper waters. We got to take risk in order to be the change. Which leads us to number three, the depth excuse. Where people say this, I just want to go deeper. You know what, ha- you know what happens? I have yet to see somebody laying in the shoreline where they skimboard, where a lifeguard has had to jump out of their chair and go rescue them right there. Most rescues happen in the deep. And in order for rescues to happen in the deep, we got to get there. Too many believers believe there's that deep spirituality, they say, I want to get deep, but then they put their floaties on, put their goggles and the, those things, and they go sit in the kiddie pool. That, woo! Where it's warm because of all the pee-pee. Right? right? Woo, yeah, splash, splash. And we say, we're doing something. I'm ready, I'm in deep water. We even got that little snorkel, and we're, and we're about two inches of water. That's not deep. That's not where the rescues happen. It's not spiritual depth. Spiritual depth is getting out in the deep waters where people are drowning. It's about getting involved in, with people who are drug addicted and in the ministries that reach to them. It's about getting into ministries where people are homeless. Don't just talk about it. Roll your sleeves up and do it. Amen. It's about not saying, I wish I knew more about the Bible. It's about getting into the Bible with other people. It's not about saying, you know, I wish God would do the impossible in my life. It's about taking a step of faith and getting a little bit deeper in the waters to say, okay, God, I want the sun to stand still in my life, and I dare you to do the impossible in my life and doing it. It's about action. Look at that. It's not just about talk. It's about action. It's about tossing the ring tethered to the hope and pulling together. That's what it's about. In my own life, when I look at spiritual growth, I was raised as a PK, a preacher's kid. I have a whole bunch of pins from perfect attendance in Sunday school. Even when I went away in the summer, I made sure we went to another church so I could get the bulletin so I could bring back and get that pin, right? Anybody anybody remember those days? I was involved in every kind of youth ministry and every kind of choir because my mom made me. I've led Bible studies before I was a pastor and after. I have a master's of divinity, which makes me a divine master. I have been in postgraduate and different seminars, and I have counseled thousands of people. Yet I have learned more by tossing the ring than I ever have by any of those other things. Because Jesus teaches us there. It will change your life when you embrace it. Some of my greatest moments of my entire life is coming into contact with somebody at some place in life, not even knowing I was doing that, and God saying to me, toss the the ring. 
And I'm saying, God didn't want nothing to do with what's on the other end of this rope. And he said, don't let that worry about it. Toss him the ring, and you just pull, and you just pull. And you know what I find out? A lot of times, drowning, people who are drowning fight, and sometimes they'll have you go under a ways with them too. Amen. And so you gotta stay with them. You gotta stay tethered, right? You gotta stay tethered. You don't do this on your own. You're not just out there floating on the ring yourself. You gotta stay tethered, and everybody's pulling in, and everybody's pulling in, everybody's pulling in, and everybody's pulling in, and then you get them in the boat, and they say, wow, wow. And then what do they do? They toss the rope to somebody else. They toss the ring to somebody else. And then they're part of the pool. It's amazing. The ring is the thing. The rope is the hope so that the boat or the house will be full. Next thing. Everybody good? Beach bag. The beach bag excuse. Or I could also call it the beach bag floppy hat. See? There you go. You're you're beating a lot of these, Patty. Well, this one. What do you put in a beach bag? Everything, exactly. Everything I need for my trip is right here. Or else I, I can call this, I've got everything I need. If I just knew a, a little bit uh, more, it's, it's like we say this. We go ahead, we put this in here. We got everything in here. Oh, do we have that? Yep, we have this. Oh, got my towel. Yeah, oh, there we go. Got my towel. We'll put that down. We have this. We'll roll that out there. We have this. We have this. Uh, we have my floppy hat. We put that down. The beach bag has everything we want. You can also call this God in a box. I've got it all figured out. I know how to go to the beach. I remember the days when my kids were young and you had to take 50 billion sand toys. Everybody remember? That is like my living hell. You know, there's, in the Greek mythology, there's Sisyphus who had to roll a boulder up the hill and it would roll back down. For me, it would be dragging this crap out on the beach for eternity. Over the dune and your feet are burning. You're like, ow, ow. I'm never gonna. I'm thinking all kinds of unholy things. Am I anybody with me? Yeah. Okay. And then I remember when you could get a drive on the beach tag. I put it all together. I pack it in here. I throw it in a luggage rack. We get there. I throw it off. I even figured out that you can take uh, powder and put on your feet so they don't get sand anywhere. It's amazing. I had it all figured out now. Until you have a Judah who lays in the sand, wet, and then sits in your car. You know what I mean? And that's what we do at times. We think with the beach blanket or the beach bag excuse that we've got it all figured out. This is for the intellectuals. I've got it. I understand provenient grace. I understand baptism, and I know I'm better. I know that baptism should be done here, and it should be done this way, and it has to be that way, and this thing. Uh, I know who God is and who God's not. About spiritual gifts, I know which ones are good and which ones are bad, and we don't do that one, and we do this one, and we do that. Why do we like to put God in a box? Last time I checked, he is the creator of the universe and can do what he wants. When I put him in a box, I limit who I rescue. And God is not meant to be in a trophy shelf in our yacht clubs. He's meant to be active out there. We say, that's it, I've got it figured out. There are things in scripture that I have read and I have read and I've read and I never still to this day completely understand. I just know that God wants me to keep tossing that ring out and keep it tethered and keep pulling it back in so that some are rescued. What about the beach book approach? This usually goes hand in hand with the beach bag where we pull it out. Help, I'm drowning. 
what we do with that is if I just knew more. It's like this. Fred, you're drowning. You're drowning, Fred. Glug, glug. Okay, you're drowning. But Fred, I want to, before you drown, I want you to know that I watched Jacques Cousteau, and I can tell you that deep down at the bottom, there's some really freaky creatures down there. And I, oh, I also have been reading about oceanography, and the reason why the waves are crashing over your head and you're drowning is because of this and because of the lunar pull and gravitational pull on there. Okay, glug, glug, glug. Aren't you glad I know about that? You know, what we find out is there are some things that are true in life but completely irrelevant. When I'm drowning, I don't care what way you do baptism. When I'm drowning, I don't care about your deep theology. When I'm drowning, all I need is what? The ring. So throw it to me. We'll deal with that later. People need to be rescued. Are you telling your story in the language and the way that people need to understand that? And our last one. Are you ready for this? The last one is the Hampton Beach excuse. That's no, not me. No. The Hamptons. Every, and I just use the Hamptons because that is known as one of the top beaches for the most wealthy and well-off people in the world. Where we say, and guess what? I know nobody who's ever been to the Hamptons. Oh, do I? I do a couple of people. Okay, there you go. Now I do. I didn't before. But I don't, what we say is, I don't know anybody who's drowning. I don't know anybody who's drowning. And what we find is the longer that we walk with God, the less people we know that are truly drowning. Statistics show that, yeah, we spend time with Christians, and that's good. The Bible's very clear that our best friends and our relationships need to be believers. But Jesus has a name. His name is Jesus, friend of sinners. And guess what? We need to be friends of sinners, too. If we're sitting around talking, Jesus said, I came for the sick because they need a doctor. Not the healthy, they're good. I came for those who need, the, need somebody. We must not compromise and we must do the same. We must be, work on being out, intentionally outnumbered in all that we do. God loves our recreation. He created us for recreation. You guys have fun with stuff? The more I find out is when I go on vacation, when I go different places, what I find out is I meet people who are not Christians or maybe yacht clubs. And guess what? I want to share this. God loves your recreation because he wants you to use your recreation for recreation in somebody's life. Philemon 1.6 says, I pray that you may be, what? Active in sharing your faith so that you have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. What do he say? As our praise team comes up, I want you to be active I want you to be active. The ring is the thing. The rope is the? So that the boat or the house will be what? Oh, Fred gave me my money back. See? Do we care? Do we care if people are drowning around us? And so I want to end this today with this. Who's drowning around you? Who's drowning at your work? Who's drowning in your family? Who's drowning in the middle of the store? Are you going into deep water? Are you just hip and dip? 
The ring is the thing. Our hope is in the rope. Pull. So that not only Haven Church, but God's church is full. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand up right now as our lights go down. And it's no mistake if you look in our world and even in our, our local area that there's a lot of need. And I believe that the church, God just kind of revealed to me that it's not the church that's going to be the, the wealthiest, the flashiest, but it's going to be the one of the people that are rolling up their sleeves and throwing the ring and giving hope in the rope and pulling together. Whatever task you do that you think is this small, they're all important. And if you stop doing that task, guess what? You stop somebody from being rescued radically. That's simple fact. If God has called you to do something in your life and has given you that gift and you stop it, guess what? Somebody's going to drown. It's real. And so right now, as our, our, our Stephen ministers come up, I'm going to ask that we just go to the Lord in prayer and then the altar will be open for you to go ahead and pray. Lord God, we come to you now and I'd just like to ask for the universal church that where we become yacht clubs instead of life-saving stations, God, you refocus us and get us back to where we were, back to where you called us to be. We know that your people are drowning. God, let us keep our eyes open and be ready. Be ready, be ready, be ready to share you with somebody else and keep it tethered to, a, to the local church. And God, bring, bring it so that the house will be full so that lives are changed, so that people are radically rescued because we have a lot of people drowning in our community and our world. You are the thing and you are the only, only hope for our, our generation. God, recreate us in your way. For somebody who may be here for the first time in your life and you may be hearing this message for the very first time, recognize that you may be drowning in your own life and your relationships and whatever and you're singing glug, 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 glug and I'm here to tell you I'm throwing a rope, uh, throwing the ring out to you. His name is Jesus. He came and lived and died for you. He knows everything you did but he loves you in spite of that and he wants you to have a better life than being, having your, your lungs and everything filled with salt water. We're here to help pull you in. Embrace this new life. Others of you may have gotten and caught up in sunbathing or the book or some other avenue of life. And God's saying, I have called you to something and people have and are drowning because you have not embraced that in a life-saving station. Get away from the yacht club mentality. And we all need to repent of a church, as a church to say, God, I'm sorry. Just turn one way and go the other and say, I need to get back to the life-saving station and being a lifeguard not a yacht club member. You may have relationships that are broken and everything seems so, so, so major, but ultimately, you need to throw each other the ring. And if it's a marriage, float together on that ring and make that ring the center point of your marriage so that Christ can bring healing and restoration there. And God, you do what you need to do. Somebody may be suffering with, with a physical ailment and it's just weighing them down. And here's the ring. May we be found faithful here at Haven Community Church. As the pastor here, God, I want to ask for forgiveness for where we became yacht clubs in certain areas and where we need to repent and go back to being a life-saving station. And God, I pray that as we move into sun stand still, 
that you'll hear my son stand still prayer, that God, this house will be full and this community and world will be changed not by my might, but by your spirit. In your name we pray, amen. The altar's open for you, please come. for all to see you are light you are light when the darkness closes in you are hope you are hope you have covered all my sins you are peace you are peace when my fear is crippling you are true, you are true, even in my wandering. You are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life, in you death has lost its sting. Lift it up, church. And oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever reign. Forever you reign. You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord. All creation will proclaim You are here, you are here In your presence I may hold You are God, you are God No more else I'm letting go And oh, I'm running to your arms I'm running to your arms The riches of your love
Great weather, right? Um, use your recreation to help somebody's recreation this week, okay? Um, next week, we will begin our series, Sun Stand Still. If you would still like to sign up, you can do so. You can hit the lights so I can show everybody. This right here, right here, Sun Stand Still. How many of you are, are going to dare God to do the impossible? Go ahead, sign up for it. It's awesome, awesome experience. <coughs> Excuse me. Next week, a new way to pray. So if you want to know a new way to pray, we are going to find a new way to pray. We're going to dare God to do the impossible. Have an awesome week. High five somebody. And get some, uh, and pick all the lifesavers off the floor and eat them. So. I have to tell you, I love that song. Thank you, dear. Lord, I've never been so weary. How I need to know you're near me. Father, let the world just fade.